Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Guys, doing okay this morning? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, before I start, um, my wife told me that I had to repent for my behavior during the Tennessee-Florida game last night, or that she was not going to listen to my message today because she observed my behavior last night. And she didn't want me to be a hypocrite. So sorry for my behavior. But you see those stinking refs, though? Come on now. So, anyway. I don't think it's really spiritual to talk about such trivial things as college football anyway, so we need to move on (laughs) to another week when Tennessee wins, and then we'll talk about it. All right. Hey, listen. Um... I do want to recognize um, something real quick. Uh, we have a all-teenage crew in the back because Lynn's on vacation. Give them a hand back there, you guys. Yeah, that's so awesome. <clears throat> They're doing a great job so far. And uh, um, I, uh, I'm excited for, uh, for Lynn to have a great time. The sister, his sister's surgery went really well, and I'm thankful for that. And they got, they got off pretty well on their trip. So that's a good, that's a good thing. It was a really, really good thing that happened. So anyway, hey, listen, today, I hope that you learn a lot today. There are certain messages that are given by me that are uh, inspirational or, or that are motivating, or today is going to be a message where I will be teaching. And I want you to, I want you to, I don't want you leaving here today having any questions about who Holy Spirit is. Um, We just sang a song, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Um, Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Uh, And we sang the song and said, Holy Spirit, you're welcome to come here in this place. And I hope by the end of the day, uh, by the end of the time, you are going to be able to tell me Um, why we sang that song, why we would want him to fill this place, and what we're saying when we say that. Now, I want to tell you the main goal, we're going through the book of John, and the main goal in the book of John is in John chapter 20, verses 31. And it says this, it says, but these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and by believing in him, you will have life by the power of of his name. Now, for today's message, I want you to do something for me. If you were on our text stream, you got a text this morning at around 8.30. If you're not, you can join our text stream by talking to Miranda over here. Miranda, wave your hand right out there in the front, and you can get these very notes that I'm going to go through. This week, what I did, usually I will reference scriptures, and they will be but what I wanted to do this week is, is I wanted to go ahead and put all of the information out, and I wanted to give you all of the scriptures 
uh, that I referenced because we're going to be doing some Bible thumping a little bit today. All right, we're going to be going over the, uh, here and there. We're not going to read everything, but we are going to highlight some things so you can go back and you can read everything that I've discussed. We're going to start in John chapter 16, though. John chapter 16, and starting in verse 5. Now, I want to remind you that Jesus had just told them. He said, listen, I want you to understand me. The world is not going to like you because you follow me. And so when you read the scripture, it says at the very end, he makes a comment there starting in verse 16. He says, for you will be expelled from the synagogues and the time is coming when those who kill you will think they're doing holy service to God. And so that got the attention of the disciples. Well, wait a minute. Those who kill us, what are you talking about? And so they eventually, they immediately got sidetracked. The disciples got sidetracked. And they're saying, well, wait, wait a minute. And Jesus addresses that here. And here's what he says, starting in verse 5. But now I'm going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking where I'm going. Now, why are they not asking where he's going? Well, because he's just told them that they're going to die. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it's best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. And that is the same sin that the world has been committing all the way up until September 17th, 2023. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. And then he says this in verse 12. There's so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So apparently there's some things that they can't bear. There's things that he wants to reveal to them and things that eventually do get revealed to them. That the, the situation is, is that they need the advocate, the one that, and we're going to talk about this, the one that indwells them. They need to have the advocate within them in order for them to understand and in order for them to appreciate and also accept that which Jesus is going to teach. And he says this, he will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. And all that belongs to the father is mine. That is why I said the spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Lord God, we do ask you this morning to reveal yourself to us in a new and exciting way. And God, we're thankful for who you are in Jesus name. Amen. I want to tell you something. People are fascinated by the Holy Spirit. People have taken the Holy Spirit and they've hijacked the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a reason for that. Here's the reason that I believe that people are... Let me, let me just give you an example. Yesterday, I was on Twitter or X or whatever the heck they're calling it now. I was on it. And I was on Twitter... And guess what was trending? Holy Spirit was trending on Twitter yesterday. 
And so I was like, well, this is fascinating. And I clicked on it. And people were talking about whether Holy Spirit was this or Holy Spirit was that. Isn't that interesting? We have a scripture that was written long ago that explains everything, yet Holy Spirit was trending yesterday. The reason it was trending yesterday is because people are fascinated by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit in a lot of our lives have been hijacked. It's been hijacked. The reason I believe that the Holy Spirit has been hijacked is because that is God's mechanism to speak to you and me. When Jesus and God speak, Holy Spirit, here's what they say and conveys that to us. Holy, and we're going to get into it. Holy Spirit, that's His role. His role is to be, and we're going to look at His role, His role is to be a guide, a counselor. We're going to dig deep into that. That's His role. So if you thought about it and said, well, how can I confuse people and make them live a life that is less than what God had created for them, you would think, let me make them think that Holy Spirit would be something that is feared. Let me, think, let, me let them think that the Holy Spirit is something that's mystical or that's something that it's not. He is the third person in the Trinity. And He is your Advocate. And you need to understand the role that He plays in your life. And I want to go through that today. There are differences in the Holy Spirit's work in the Old Testament and the New Testament. I want you to hear that again. There are differences in what the Holy Spirit did in the Old Testament and what He did in the New Testament. So I've listed these things out for you. Let's bring up the Old Testament. If we could bring up that slide. Work of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. I want to go through these things with you and I want to explain how the Holy Spirit worked in the Old Testament. And then we're going to talk about why His role changed from the Old Testament to the New Testament. The, old, the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament was to be indwelled in people for a certain time period. So he was indwelled in people for a certain amount of time. That amount of time was not eternal, it was brief. For instance, in the book of Genesis chapter 41, we see Joseph and all the things that he did. He was indwelled with Holy Spirit. And his actions were directly from God through Holy Spirit. The whole book of Daniel, we see that Daniel was indwelled with the Holy Spirit. He would speak and he would prophesy. But he was indwelled. But it wasn't an indwelling that was forever. It was a brief indwelling for such a certain time. We also see in Numbers chapter 27 that Joshua, where it says the Holy Spirit, Indwelled him in Numbers 27, where Joshua is indwelled by the Holy Spirit. The work in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was indwelled in certain people for a time. And most of the time, it was to make sure that God's plan would then move forth. It was to make someone uh, prophesy, it was to make someone do something that would move forward. Remember, the whole Bible is a redemption story that would move forward the coming of the Messiah from the Old Testament to the New Testament. 
from the chosen people, what were they chosen for? The Israelites were chosen. What were they chosen for? They were chosen to bring forth the Messiah. That's what they were chosen for. They weren't chosen because they were special like me and you. They weren't chosen like that. They were just like us. But God said, this people will bring forth the Messiah. And thus, there was an indwelling by the Holy Spirit for certain amounts of time. Now, sometimes the Holy Spirit would be upon someone or would come upon someone. We see that in the book of Judges. Remember, the book of Judges was written to show that God wanted to rule over His people and be their king. God never wanted them to anoint a king like Saul. You know what finally happened? God was like, fine. If that's what you want, then you get what you deserve. I think God does that to us sometimes too, by the way. Fine. If that's what you want, then you get what you deserve. I've told you the story about my horrible, mean mom um, uh, giving me an option between going to Opryland, it was like Six Flags, going to Opryland in Nashville at the time, or getting a $5 Hulk. And I bugged her for two weeks, and finally she said, fine, if that's what you want, then that's what you get. And they left me at home with my dad with a $5 Hulk that broke within the first hour. It's because they put those, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but back in the day, these toys these days are incredible. Back in the day, they had put two arms and they would put a rubber band in between the two arms and it'd go And if you pulled it too hard, guess what would happen? The rubber band would break. And my dad didn't have any time for all that, so that's what I got. You know why I got it? Because I asked for it. Same thing happened with the Israelites. But during the judges, what would happen? There would be a judge that would rise up. The Holy Spirit would, be in, would, be, would come upon them and they would lead the people for a certain time. And then another judge would rise up and they would lead the people. And the difference is, is that it was a known connection between God and the judge because the Holy Spirit was upon him. We see the Holy Spirit in Saul, 1 Samuel chapter 10. We see David be anointed and the Holy Spirit come upon him in 1 Samuel 16. But the final act, there's indwelling for a certain amount of time. There's being upon some in a certain amount of time. And then there is to fill some. To fill some for a very minute, short amount of time. We see that in Exodus chapter 31 with a guy named Bezalel. He was filled with Holy Spirit for a short time to build the tabernacle of the Lord. And we see that. So I want you to understand something. In the Old Testament, the thing you need to understand is that when Holy Spirit did work, He did not stay with the people. He would do His work and then be gone. And do His work and be gone. And do His work and be gone. But He did not stay with the people. He would come and speak for God and then He would withdraw. And it was just certain amounts of times to move things along to get finally to Jesus Christ.
But there's a huge difference between the work of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament and the work of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. In the New Testament, the work of the Holy Spirit is different. The first thing that I want to talk to you about is the work of the Holy Spirit, is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Well, I'm glad you asked. I can tell you what it is, and I can tell you what it's not. All right? Let me tell you what it is. What it is, is where the Holy Spirit brings... Remember one of the works, one of the works the Holy Spirit does that we talked about this three or four weeks ago. The Holy Spirit brings the believer with union with Christ. There is a union that happens between Christ and us. And I want to explain it to you like this. The believer goes from being under Adam to under Christ. Under Adam was the sinful nature. Under Christ is the new creation and the new covenant. If you look at, I do want to read this briefly and I'll turn it over to it. If you want to, if, and I'll, I'll read this very, very briefly. But it says this in Romans chapter 5. It says in verse 12, When Adam sinned, sin entered the world, and Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, and everyone sinned. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given, but it was not counted as sin because there was not yet law to break. Still, everyone died from the time of Adam to the time of Moses. And even those who did not disobey an explicit commandment of God as Adam did. Now, Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ who, had, who was yet to come. But there's a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and His gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of one man's sin. For Adam's sin led, he, it leads to our being, uh, Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all, hear this, for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Adam brought sin into the world, and when you are born, you are born under Adam. When you give your life to Christ, you are then transferred over to be under Christ. Colossians 1.3 says that He has delivered us from darkness and transitioned us into the kingdom with His Son. Holy Spirit, when, there, when, when we are baptized with Holy Spirit, the believer, the believer then leaves from being under Adam and becomes under Christ. This is the initial phase of the union with Christ. It's when we are saved. There's a union. Galatians 3, 24-29 basically says that when you have been baptized into Christ, 
you then have been put under Christ. And this is a legal thing, you guys. It's legal. It's an accounting thing. It's this, you were here and you owed this, and now you're here and you owe nothing. It's an accounting thing. Let me tell you what Holy Spirit is not. The baptism of Holy Spirit. There are texts in, in the book of Acts where people believe that you are saved, you have God, and you are saved. And then later on, there is a second baptism. So you're baptized for salvation, you're baptized to show salvation, and then there's a second baptism. And that second baptism is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then when you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, you begin to do something called speaking in tongues. And when you speak in tongues, then, then that means that you have some spiritual language. Some, some deep-seated spiritual language. that it's, The Scripture calls it groans and mumblings that we cannot fathom or understand. I will tell you this. I never put God in a box. I do not. If God wants to do whatever He does, that's what He can do. But I will tell you this. I don't see that anywhere in Scripture. I think there's one baptism. And you're sealed at that moment with Holy Spirit. And if God wants to do other things, let Him do other things. But some people would say, if you've never experienced this second baptism, then you're not saved. And I want to tell you something. Holy Spirit's role in your salvation is that of someone who transitions you and greets you with Christ. It is Christ that saves you. It is Christ and Christ alone that saves you. The second thing is the indwelling. The indwelling. Now, this is not a temporary indwelling like we saw in the Old Testament. This is a permanent indwelling of the believer. The Holy Spirit at that moment, I want to, it's, I want to show you this because it, it goes down. It, it, it's, it, you go right down the line here. The first thing is, is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's Holy Spirit bringing us in union with Christ. It's the first thing. And at that moment, at that moment, you begin to have, you go from salvation and you begin the sanctification process. Which, if you're saved here today, is what you're all in. You are being sanctified. How are you sanctified? I'm glad you ask. Because you are indwelled with Holy Spirit. You are sanctified. Romans 8-9 says we are not in the flesh, but we are in the Spirit. I was slightly in the flesh last night. But I have recovered and gotten in the Spirit today. Holy Spirit is a gift giver to believers. Acts 2.38 says when you're baptized, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It is a permanent indwelling for that, those who live who are believers. It's a permanent indwelling. And what does it do when you are indwelled with it? Well, I'm glad you ask. Because the next thing is, is that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, there is a caveat to this. The amount at which you are filled with the Holy Spirit is a direct proportion to how much you are yielded 
to God and to Holy Spirit. If you do not allow yourself to listen and learn and grow and understand and accept and move, if you are not connected in that way, then the Holy Spirit's filling of you will be minimal. And we know people and we see people who are believers in Christ but do not act like they're believers in Christ. And it's because they've never allowed Holy Spirit to fully fill them. There's a story in the book of Acts chapter 6 where they were looking for people who could be trusted. And here's what it says, who were filled with the Holy Spirit to do food distribution to the people. And they didn't pick the people that they couldn't trust because they would steal the food. They picked the people that were filled with the Holy Spirit because they knew they could be trusted not to steal the food. It's your willingness to do what the Lord asks. And it's your willingness to do a specific job when the Lord asks you to do it. The more you're willing to yield, the more filling that will occur. Now, Holy Spirit also does this. He not only fills you, but He also seals you. He seals you. What is seal? What does that mean? Well, I'm going to tell you what it means. In the Old Testament, uh, we see uh, a good example is the book of uh, Esther. Uh, in the book of Esther in the Old Testament, we see the king, and he sends out an order. And the way that the people knew that the order was directly from the king is he would take his ring, and he would dip it in a waxy substance, and he would stamp, he would seal it. The way they would close the letter is they would stamp on the waxy substance so no one else could open it. And when they would deliver it, they would see the ring. They would see the ring of the person. And they would see the mark and say, that is from the king. Guys, listen. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit seals us with the mark of a believer. He seals us with the mark of a believer. But it gets gooder and gooder. Because Holy Spirit also is our comforter, our counselor, and our advocate. He's our comforter, our counselor, and our advocate. I want you to understand something. The word paraclete literally means, it's the word we use for Holy Spirit, it literally means comforter, counselor, and advocate. The disciples would be left alone and they would need a comforter. The disciples would be left alone and they would need a counselor. The disciples would be left alone and they would need an advocate. You know, I don't understand why things happen in the world today, but they do happen. And uh, I was just talking to one of you guys this morning uh, of, of some situations where people have passed away uh, there was a tragic thing that happened this week where a little girl passed away, a 10-year-old little girl passed away. And I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't agree with it. I don't like it. But can I tell you, can I tell you what that family needs? They need your presence, but they need Holy Spirit's comfort. They need the direct line from God right down, and they need Holy Spirit's comfort. 
in Jesus' absence in the flesh, Holy Spirit fills that role. He fills that role. I've told you guys about the tornado when the tornado happened. And uh, in 99, when my house was destroyed, Wendy and I, our house was destroyed. And I can't explain it, and I can't, I really can't. But I can tell you this, not long after, not even 24 hours after the tornado, there was an overwhelming peace that came over both of us. And Holy Spirit was ministering to us and bringing up things to us. And people, people were coming and speaking godly things over us and and loving on us. And an overwhelming comfort, an overwhelming comfort. And then we didn't know which way to go here or there. We didn't know what to do. And I really felt strongly that Holy Spirit came in and began to give me direction on what to do and how to do it. And the crazy thing is this, you guys. This is, I want to tell you guys this. This is the crazy thing. At the time of the tornado, Wendy and I were like most people. Uh, we were paying stupid tax uh, for death that we had occurred uh, in our 20s. And when the tornado happened, I felt so strongly, so strongly that God said, you need to pay off every penny that you owe from any settlement that you get from the insurance company. And then after that, you can build a house. And after that, you can buy furniture. Uh, after that, you can buy clothes. But the first thing you need to do, you're to do, is to pay off every penny. And what's crazy about that is, is that we did that obediently. It was a hard check to write. But what's crazy about that is, is that had we not written that check, there would have been no way we could have accepted a call to ministry seven years later. There would be no way we could do that. There would be no way we could have moved to Georgia. No way had we still, had, had we still been burdened by that debt. There would have been no way we could have lived and experienced the life that we've lived and experienced because we made that decision. No way. No way. Holy Spirit is a comforter, but he's also a counselor, and he's also an advocate. He is. Holy Spirit doesn't just do that. Once you get down the line in that, then you start to see some gifts of the Holy Spirit. We see in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, the gifts are listed out there. Some are going to do this, and some are going to do this, and some are going to do this, and some are going to do this. The gifts are listed out. And can I tell you something? Sometimes it's not about natural gifts at all. It's not. It's not about natural gifts at all. Uh, I'll tell you guys this. The majority of the people that are on our praise band, um, maybe they sang a little bit here and there, but I don't think hardly any of them was on a praise band ever before. And if they were, it was for a short time, it was for a short season. It's just a, listen, it is a gift when you have a kid like David who will get up here and he started a couple years back wanting to play keyboards and stuff and he will get up here and play. It's a gift. When I was his age, I was not thinking about leading worship at a church. I was thinking of a girl and where I get my next Big Mac. All right? And probably not in that order, if I'm being honest with you. But that's just facts. It's a gift. It's a gift. And the crazy thing is, is that your gifts can change over time. Because... 
in one session of my life, my gifting has been administration. And I, I was responsible. And when I say this, people, especially our staff, is going to say, there ain't no way he did that. There, I, I did it, y'all. I did it. I did it. I know that I planned the staff Christmas party the same day as my son's graduation this year, but I still, I did this. I was an administrator, and I, and I didn't have a Lynn around. I took care of 80-some-odd staff uh, HR files and training and all kinds of stuff where the state would come in and do all those things. I helped facilitate three, four, five million dollar uh, budget. Now, I hated it. Let me just go ahead and say that. I hated every minute of it. But I, I did it, and I apparently did it pretty well. So, so, and then giftings change over time, and yours is the same way. It can change over time. So, Holy Spirit, not only does He, is there a baptism of Holy Spirit that which He indwells us, and then He begins to fill us by how much we are, we are willing to allow Him to, but He has also sealed us, and He is our counselor, and He is the one that gives us the gifts that we are to walk out, and no gift goes uh, unused. If you are allow him, you will submit to him. But he also convicts of sin, and we see that in the scripture. He would come and he would convict of sin. Now I know no one here ever sins. Okay, no one here ever sins. My life, I'm very lucky because I have two people that convict me of sin: Holy Spirit and my wife. Isn't that wonderful? She is the vessel at which he uses. Um, but seriously. It's when you are tempted and you fall into that temptation or you do something or say something and immediately you know, man, that is not who I am. That is not who God wants me to be. But man, that's not only that, that's not who I am. That's not who I am. That's not who I am. Let me say something to you, and I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I do want to be honest with you. If you are actively in sin and Holy Spirit is not convicting you of that sin, uh, you're in a bad place. If you're not hearing Holy Spirit's voice talk to you and tell you and direct you and guide you and counsel you, you're in a bad place. And you need to seek God and you need to seek uh, forgiveness and you need to seek repentance and you need to seek His hand in your life. He convicts you of sin. The other thing is, though, is He's also our guide. He's our guide. He gives us spiritual discernment. He gives us spiritual discernment. The only thing I could think of to tell you this is, here's what occurred. I was in uh, South America ministering uh, and speaking. And I know that sounds like, wow, man, he's ministered in South America. No, listen, I was like 21 years old and I was an idiot. Okay, they just didn't have anybody else to speak. So they were like, you speak. And so I did. I spoke. And I probably did not say anything worth listening to, but I would speak, and then the interpreter would go, ah, and then I would speak, and the interpreter would go, ah, and he would tell everything. And then I would speak. That's a hard way to speak, by the way. But I did get kind of fired up, because I would say like, and God wants you to repent. And he'd say, and I'd be like, wow, I didn't say it like that. So I was like, and God wants you to repent. That's how I did it. And I want to tell you something. That interpreter to the people told them what I was saying. And Holy Spirit guides us to tell us what He has heard from the Father. I want you to hear that. He does. He does. Are you guys starting to see why it's so important 
for you to understand and allow the Holy Spirit in your life? My question would be, how in the world have you made it this far without Him? Well, you have it because He's also the sustainer too. He sustains you as well. I'm going to end with these things. Holy Spirit is also a teacher. How many times have you in here ever been in a situation and you did something or something happened or you were in a setting where you needed something and all of a sudden something is brought to your mind and you say, this, and you know and I know that that had nothing to do with you, but it was Holy Spirit teaching you and bringing with you the remembrance to, to, to go forth. The final thing is, is because we're sealed by Him, because we're indwelled by Him, and because He works in our lives, and this is a great, great, great thing, He bears witness before God about us. He does. He does. And if you don't get anything else out of the day, just know that you have a counselor, a comforter, and an advocate that bears witness before God about you. We need the Holy Spirit, and we need to understand the Holy Spirit. So why do we sing a song, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here? Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere because we need more of His filling in our lives. That's why. Because we need Him to teach us. That's why. Because we need Him to continue to seal us and be our comforter and our advocate and our friend. Let me pray for you. God, I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit. Gosh, Lord, we were not left by ourselves, but we were left with a counselor and an advocate and a guide. And God, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that you did that. I don't understand it all. I don't understand everything, but I do understand this. That you guide us and lead us to Jesus Christ. And that Holy Spirit is the one that forms that union. And He seals us and He indwells us. Not like the Old Testament for a temporary time, but for all time. And Lord, for that, for us not being under Adam, but for us now being under Christ, for that we are thankful. And that in itself is enough to stand up and to worship and to praise you. Let us be people of your word and let us be filled to overflowing with Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand up and sing a final worship song this morning. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.